This is Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's real-life story navigating autism and how it inspired us to pay it forward. Join us, meet us, give back. Dylan'sHouse.org. This is Welcome to Dylan's House, our family's real and raw podcast, our story of navigating autism and how it inspired us to pay it forward. My name is Kevin Shope. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Amy. Hi there. Hi, Amy. Hi, Kevin. We're going to try something a little bit different on the podcast this evening. But before we do that, we've had a busy start to the year, I think, as a family. And what did we celebrate uh, over this past weekend, Amy? Uh, We were um, blessed to celebrate Dylan's 23rd birthday on Saturday and Sunday. Turned into a little two-day celebration. And very briefly, how did Dylan want to celebrate his birthday? Much to Kevin being right, which usually happens, he did not want to celebrate it. We took him to breakfast Saturday morning, like always, and yesterday. Which which we do every single Saturday. We do every Saturday. And I did learn that I did not make him open presents because he doesn't like that. But I did want to sing happy birthday to him, which once we did started singing, he was happy. I'm going to argue that one. He was. He was happy. Yep. Well, but yes. But we, we passed on the uh, bouquet of balloons that you wanted to get. Yes, I was told that he's a 23-year-old man and that no 23-year-old man wants a bouquet of balloons. So I think that's probably a pretty accurate fact. I think fact. that's fair. But oh, no, well. it's hard to believe he's 23 years old. And like I said, I wanna, we want to sh- do something a little bit different. But before we do that, just want to thank everyone for joining us. If you like our content here on Welcome to Dylan's House, subscribe to and like our podcast. Also, check us out on social media, uh, Dylan's House on Facebook and TikTok. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And as always, learn all about us at our website at dylanshouse.org. So uh, with our son, uh, our autistic son, Dylan, turning 23 on Saturday, Amy shared with me a poem, short story, whatever you want to call it, last week with me. And it kind of lined up with, you know, Dylan turning 23 and kind of thinking back on on his life and, and raising a child with autism, what I thought I would do, and I'm going to read this. Like I said, it's very short, but I know it makes Amy very emotional. So I'm going to read it and then uh, kind of get her reaction and then we'll discuss it a little bit. But this is a poem uh, by Emily Pearl Kingsley and it's titled Welcome to Holland. And this was a poem uh, that she wrote in reaction to being asked to describe the the experience of raising a child with a disability to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to help them understand it and to imagine how it would feel. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and make your wonderful plans. You're going to go to the Colosseum, Michelangelo's David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. After months of eager anticipation, that day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands. The flight attendant comes in and says, welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up for Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life, I've dreamed of going to Italy. 
But there's been a change in the flight plan. They've landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is they haven't taken you to a horrible, disgusting, or filthy place full of pestilence, famine, and disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks. And you must learn a whole new language. And you will meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills and Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy. And they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the pain of that will never, ever, ever go away. Because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. I know. I love that. And I was just reminded about that poem by my dear friend, Tammy Volpini, that was a past guest. She is what made me read it again. So what is that? As we reflect back on, on, on Dylan's 23 years and kind of that process, what, what is that? Why does that hit home with you, Amy? Really? It's so true because it says I wanted to go to Italy. That's where I was supposed to go. And, you know, you and I are big planners. We plan everything out. And just like this poem, you know, we plan Dylan, we plan the nursery, every baby thing that we needed, everything down to the minute. We even planned when he came home, planned out his schedule, planned when he was, you know, people made fun of us because we woke him up when he was sleeping so he could get on a feeding schedule. So we planned everything. And you can't plan for autism. And I think we just talked about this the other day in the car. It's really hard process. I probably wouldn't even have liked that poem when he was little. It probably would have made me mad. Mm-hmm. And now I read it and I have seen there's even some controversy from some, you know, mothers that autism isn't like Holland and it's not beautiful. But I think the point of that poem is like for me, especially if I'm going to spend the rest of my life being upset about not going to Italy, meaning if I'm going to be upset the rest of my life that Dylan has autism and that life with him did not turn out the way I planned it, then I would have missed so many things because Dylan is exactly who I was supposed to have and has led me to exactly where I'm supposed to be with all the right people, most of the right people. And that's, that's why I love that poem so much. Yeah, it is very powerful and you know, we've talked before, but, you know, it can be hard for those that don't have someone in their family with special needs. And not not just autism. It can be hard for them unless you've walked in their shoes to truly appreciate what that's like. I also think we were talking about this the other day. You know, to me, 
for us, or at least for myself, I don't want to speak for you, but it's almost like, you know, people talk about the grieving process, right? And in no way am I comparing someone who has special needs to someone passing away. But I think there is a process that you go through as a parent, at least looking back, I felt like, I, you know, I maybe went through it where you go through different stages, right? So it's first like you get a diagnosis, you know, it's, it's like disbelief, right? You don't, you don't want to accept it, right? I think you go through the stage of, of being angry about it, right? Like why me? Why, you know, my son? I think you go through a stage of denial, right? Where you just want to act like, you know, oh, we'll get, you know, Dylan into this therapy and that therapy and we'll put him on this medication and, you know, he'll be cured or, you know, right. you know, I, I think you could think <clears throat> all through those things until you finally come to acceptance, right? So I think it's very similar, you know, going through that type of process. I completely agree. And I think there are all the different stages and there's a lot of like guilt, blame, everything that goes with it. I was speaking last week at the Lions Club in Youngstown, Ohio. They asked me to speak. I was lucky enough to talk to them a little bit about the nonprofit and the mission. And I thought that it would be good for that group to kind of give them some background and kind of tell them a little bit about our life. And I said to them something that I don't know who said this, but I did not say it. But if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And I tried to describe to them a little bit what it was like living with Dylan and sometimes just the the perception and people saying like, oh, well, you know, my cousin's son had autism and they sent him to a really good school when he was little and they got him a lot of therapy and now he doesn't even have autism anymore. And, you know, there are things like that that happen to you throughout your lifetime where you start thinking that you could have done things better, different earlier, and the outcome would have been different. Mm -hmm. But I think that the whole point is that Dylan is exactly who he's supposed to be, able to show us, not to sound like cliche, but able to really show us what's important in life in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So what else, anything else from that poem that's a takeaway for you? I mean, when it says that, you know, everybody's bragging about going to Italy and how wonderful it is. And, you know, I kind of felt like that a big part of my life, not that people were bragging, but that, you know, and even today on social media, what do you see people talking about their kids sporting events? You and I were out of town this weekend Families are there for volleyball tournaments, basketball tournaments, travel, sporting events. Um, you know, their kids are doing typical kid things. And, Dylan, you know, and we were in the throes of holes in the wall and furniture being broken and aggression and, you know, locked in our house, literally. And to me, that's a big part of the poem that always gets me like, that's what I wanted. That's what I planned for you know, why me, which is kind of one of your stages you mm -hmm. talked about, which I completely agree with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, so we're very different people, right? With very different personalities. And I felt a lot of those same things. I think sometimes some of those things with Dylan growing up, I think it was harder on you than it was on me. But the flip side of that is 
and obviously I don't know how I'm going to phrase this correctly, but you know, I, I love Dylan with all my heart. Right. But now that he's older, I think you have a very special relationship with Dylan, right? Not that I don't. Right. But I think there's something unique about your relationship with him and, and how you appreciate the person that he is. Well, thank you. I mean, he's, I can't say he's my favorite person because you and Anderson would but be you, mad. You've said that multiple times. Well, I so say he's it your often. favorite thing in the world. No. Well, Anderson knows that she's my favorite thing too. So Anderson, if you're I listening. Think, I don't think Anderson listens to this podcast, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. But, I think she might but, she but, should. No, but you, and again, well, I, I'm not saying you I love him more why, than Anderson, uh, but what I'm saying is on a pretty regular basis, you make comments like that, like, you know, Dylan is my favorite thing, or if you're in a bad mood, or if you're just not having a good day, or if you don't, you know, that your cure for that is spend time with Dylan, right? Well, and I'm going to so tell why you why. That? Well, because Dylan honestly does not want anything from me besides me. Now, okay, he might want me to take him to get chips or take him to get food, but he honestly mainly just wants to see me and spend time with me. He wants me to pat his back. He gets right in my face humming. We have this little thing. I don't know how it started. I know he's 23 years old, so nobody give me pushback on this. But for whatever reason, he loves if I blow him a kiss. I consider myself lucky because those of you that have typical boys, I would imagine that they're 20, your 23-year-old son or even a 12 doesn't want you to blow him a kiss. I'm sure it's embarrassing. So what does he do when you blow him kisses? Because it is pretty funny to say. He absolutely loves it. And he puts his head right down and covers up his eyes and then looks at me because he wants me to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. All he wants me to do is like pat his back and, you know, cover him up with a blanket. So everybody's life, not just mine, everybody's life these days, I feel like I'm sounding old, is very demanding. I love my job. I'm blessed. I truly do. But people want something from me from the minute I wake up, whether it's a client, whether it's something to do, you know, with work, whether it's you, whether it's Anderson, whether it's the nonprofit. And I love all those things. But Dylan is the one person that really all he wants from me is me. And because he doesn't have the capacity with his communication, he obviously doesn't say anything mean to me. He doesn't hurt my feelings. He honestly, I think I'm speaking for him. I honestly think he thinks that I'm pretty freaking fantastic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I lost both my parents. I don't like to feel sorry for myself, but they thought I was pretty freaking fantastic. Mm -hmm. I was, they were my number one fan. And you like me some of the time, but Dylan, he thinks, that I'm fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. Everyone should experience that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say he's my favorite person. I think that makes a lot of sense. Thank you all for letting us share that poem with you on this episode. Again, it's something that, you know, hit home, I think, for both Amy and myself for, for similar and different reasons. But to Amy's, and I, I think, you know, you've said this before, you know, to know Dylan is to love Dylan. And there is something very special about him, all the things that Amy said, and, you know, just the simplicity of his life. And, you know, I think one of the gifts that Dylan has, and I know we've talked about this in a previous episode, but 
there are a few simple th- things in life that make him happy and keep him satisfied. And he leaves a very simple life in some ways and we'll never have to worry about, you know, paying bills. We'll never have to worry about what somebody is saying about him on social media. Um, you know, a lot of stressors that a lot of humans go through. You know, he has a very simple life and, you know, very simple things make him happy, which I also think is a gift. It is a gift. So looking forward to visits. And so I really think that that's a blessing that I've been given. And now, and it kind of directly ties to our mission without even meaning it to, now I get to enjoy being his parent. And it's very different to be a caregiver than a parent. And I truly enjoy, I mean, obviously I still have so many, I'm not even going to go into, you know, the things that go wrong on a daily basis, but the things that go right are that I get to go over there, visit him, spend time with him as his mother and as his favorite person. You are his favorite person. So I think we should end on a high note there for Amy. Um, (laughs) And thank you everyone for listening. Again, if you enjoy our podcast, please follow and like. Uh, learn more about us at dylanshouse.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Welcome to Dylan's House was made possible by our partnership with Dandelion Inc. Follow our journey at Dylan's House on Facebook and TikTok. This is Dylan's House on Instagram. And learn more about us at dylanshouse.org. If you like our stories at Welcome to Dylan's House, please subscribe, like, and share.